This week on Geeksplained, we're kicking off a month-long series of Geeksplained specials by diving into the history of Maya Lopez in anticipation of Marvel and Disney Plus's upcoming series, Echo. Welcome to 2024. Welcome back to Geeksplained. I'm your host, Eric Kazana, and today's episode is the first of five Geeksplained specials comprising the entire month of January, diving into the comic book history of some characters appearing in some comic book adaptations. Uh, this week, we are kicking things off with Maya Lopez, a.k.a. Echo, in anticipation of her Disney Plus series that is dropping next week. And then the rest of the month is going to be comprised of episodes featuring the leads in the hotly anticipated Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League. We're talking Deadshot, we're talking Harley Quinn, we're talking King Shark, and we're talking my boy, Captain Boomerang. You know we have been waiting! I have been personally waiting to do that episode, so... Don't you worry, it is coming. Uh, for the entire schedule, go ahead and check out our Twitter, at GeeksplainedPod, that's at GeeksplainedPod, for how everything is going to shake out. I hope everybody had a wonderful new year. I hope everyone enjoyed in December. It was a ton of fun having conversations with great people, especially just people who had such a passion for what we were talking about each week, and I hope you enjoyed our second annual in December. But now that we are here in 2024, it is time to look to the future, specifically to the future of comic book adaptations. Which brings us neatly to our main event, the main course, the entree, if you will, as we geeksplain Maya Lopez, a.k.a. Echo. First, I will bury the worst parts of my memory, the dead parts of my heart, in the hole. Then, I will cover it up and plant something inside it, something that will grow. But I'm not sure if the dead parts will stay buried. I'm done with them, but I don't think they are done with me. Those words kicked off issue number 51 of Daredevil, written by David Mack, that gave us a look into Maya Lopez, a.k.a. Echo. Now, this character, you might have heard, is getting her own limited series on Disney Plus as a pseudo-sequel to her appearance in uh, Disney Plus's Hawkeye, which I absolutely love, and you should go give another shot, especially if you are like, ah, I didn't like it that much. It's 
very good. I rewatch it every year at Christmas time since it came out, and it is spectacular, and you should watch it. But one of the standout parts of that show was Maya Lopez, a.k.a. Echo, and now she's getting her own series that is going to be the very first Marvel MCU proper property that is going to get an M rating, Viewer discretion is advised, and we have seen through the trailers that we've got some uh, some violence coming, <laughs> which is pretty far for the course when you think about it in Maya's comic book history. So what we're going to do here is dive into that history in the first of our five January specials. I'm really excited to dive into this. Maya Lopez is a fascinating character with so many spinning plates from just her debut, and she's a fairly recent character. In the grand scope of the Marvel Universe and how long it's been around, she's a fairly recent creation. We're going to dive into that. We're going to get into everything you need to know about her heading into right now in the current comic book landscape as well as everything you want to know going into her series next week i'm still kind of it baffles me a little bit that they're dropping the entire thing in one go i guess they're trying to get that netflix daredevil model where it's like everything's just here so go watch it but i'm really excited let's dive into the history let's geek explain Maya Lopez. So for the bullet points here, we've got uh, Maya Lopez, a.k.a. Echo, a.k.a. Ronan, a.k.a. The Phoenix, more on that later, uh, first appeared in Daredevil number 9 way back in December 1999. She's a millennial, or I guess maybe she's a Gen Z. Do millennials... I'm, I'm still confused by this. Millennials end at 96, I think, and then it's Gen Z from there. Either way, uh, she's very recent. She is newer than uh, Harley Quinn, who is a very recent character. Um, but Maya made her first debut in Daredevil number 9, written by David Mack. Art by Joe Quesada, the two of them created the character. Her team affiliations include the Avengers, the New Avengers, as well as The Hand. Her powers and abilities as Echo include peak physical condition, photographic reflexes, a, she is a master acrobat as well as a master martial artist and, ha, and is an expert marksman. Now, I don't know what exactly they're doing with her power set in the show. They've talked about, or I guess rather the uh, the showrunner has talked about how they did a little bit of uh, bamboozling when it comes to uh, Maya's power set, and they changed up her, uh, her abilities a little bit. Also said some things that I'm not going to repeat here that uh, are not great. So I've still got my fingers crossed. I think this show is going to be something special. But those are her basic abilities as Echo. As the Phoenix, she gained telepathy, flight, superhuman strength, and cosmic pyrokinesis. She is also one of the several now. It wasn't as common when she was uh, initially created, but she is one of the several characters who is also deaf in the Marvel Universe. Uh, that's not to say that there aren't deaf people in the Marvel Universe, but there aren't a lot of deaf superheroes in, I mean, just comics in general, but I really adore Maya as a character who lives with a disability, and it's just one of the factors that makes her unique in a sea of superheroes. 
and I think it's wonderful rep- for representation. It's awesome to see that translated into the MCU. Uh, it's kickstarted alongside a lot of characters uh, like what was her name in Eternals? Um, Makari, I think her name was, uh, inspired uh, me, certainly, with both Hawkeye, Eternals, and a few other uh, properties to start learning ASL. So I I think it's really cool that she is such a kick-ass character and that she's finally getting a, a platform to be under the spotlight in the big old tapestry of the MCU. But with all of the bullet points out of the way, let's dig into the history of Maya Lopez. Now, Maya's story doesn't actually start with her. It starts with William Crazy Horse Lincoln, a Cheyenne enforcer to Wilson Fisk, a.k.a. the Kingpin. He served under the Kingpin for a fair amount of time. However, their partnership ended with uh, some blood and some violence as Wilson Fisk killed Crazy Horse and unfortunately left Maya an orphan. However, because of their partnership uh, with his dying breath, William pleaded with Wilson to take care of Maya to raise her as his own, and because their partnership had lasted for so long, Wilson acquiesced. Uh, Maya would later find her father in a pool of blood, and he would try to give her his blessing to live her life, leaving a bloody handprint on her face, which would go on to become, you know, this signifier for her, the white handprint face paint that she would wear later on in her life. Uh, She was raised by Wilson following this, uh, but it wasn't just for altruistic purposes that Wilson took this young girl in. He also noticed that she had photographic reflexes. If she saw it, she could do it. Uh, it was kind of similar in the way of Taskmaster, except it wasn't like a supercomputer style. It's just if she can see it, she can replicate it. And that came in handy as Wilson molded her into a perfect assassin. Now, as she grew up, Maya would be sent on several different missions. However, her biggest mission was not one that she had prepared or trained for. Uh, Kingpin sent her to manipulate Matt Murdock. Now, at this point, Kingpin and Daredevil's long-standing war had been well-documented, and Kingpin, up to this point, knew and was well aware of Matt Murdock's dual identity as both Daredevil and the blind lawyer from Hell's Kitchen. However, he did not share this information with Maya, and as it happened, when Maya bumped into Matt, they would grow to fall in love. And this was an interesting uh, dichotomy because while Maya loved Matt Murdock, Kingpin had convinced Maya that Daredevil had killed her father. And so to this uh, to this point, to hunt down the man who murdered her father, Maya created the Echo persona and hunted down the man without fear, eventually defeating him, but in the process discovered his true identity, as well as the truth about Kingpin and how he was the one, in fact, that killed her father. Following this, she confronts Wilson and shoots him in the face. Following that, she flees the country, leaving him for dead. However, 
Wilson, much like in the show, was not dead and would come back around later. Following these events, um, Maya traveled the world. However, she did eventually return to New York and tried to reconnect with Matt. However, he was already with someone else. And so she decided to leave the city behind and return to her father's reservation and While reconnecting with her people, she was sent by the chief of her tribe to go on a vision quest to try and find purpose, find direction, and find out what she would be doing next. She fasted in the woods near the reservation for four days, and during this was confronted by what she believed to be an animal spirit, which actually just happened to be a wandering wolverine, a.k.a. Logan. The two had a scrap, they had a fight, they had a couple of confrontations, but eventually came to realize that they were kindred spirits. They broke bread, they shared stories, and during this time, she was also having uh, visions. And after sharing these visions with this mysterious, short, stocky, hairy man, uh, she decided to become a storyteller and to that point returns to New York and begins performing and learning in theater. Now, this made me really excited because I'm a big theater nerd. Uh, I have a degree in musical theater, and I just, I I love any time characters get involved with theater or performing arts. It's just, it's very nice. Uh, She would later be recruited into the Avengers after a stellar recommendation from Daredevil while the new Avengers team was being put together. And not wanting to involve all of the Avengers in the past, the checkered past that she had as Echo, she creates the Ronin identity and serves on the team as a full-fledged card-carrying member. Uh, She continues battling alongside them, uh, sits in pursuing and defeating the Silver Samurai. Uh, She mediates a meeting between the Hand and the Yoshida clan and brings them to an understanding, if not full-on peace. Uh, However, she is later killed in a fight with Elektra, who is the head of the Hand at this point, but is brought back to life by the Hand and used as a weapon. She's rescued by the Avengers as well as a new Ronin. She was brainwashed by the Hand to fight against Earth's Mightiest Heroes, but they're able to help her bypass her programming, and she finds out that the new Ronin is a recently revived Clint Barton. During this confrontation, though, uh, she ends up killing Elektra, who is revealed to be a Skrull in disguise. And with everything going on, the craziness that's going on with uh, Marvel's Mightiest Heroes, uh, she relinquishes the Ronin identity to Clint, who isn't quite ready to let the world know that Hawkeye is back. Later on, she tries to defend Doctor Strange after she goes to get some uh, training, some meditation, some guidance from the Sorcerer Supreme when World War Hulk happens. Hulk returns from his sojourn in Sakaar with his Warbound and goes after the Illuminati. She fights against Hulk's Warbound but is ultimately defeated. During the events of Secret Invasion, she returns to the Avengers as a part-time member and ends up having a little bit of a a little bit of a romance, a short-lived romance with Clint, but 
she doesn't have time for love because a ship, a Skrull ship specifically, has crash-landed in the Savage Land. And when the Avengers go to investigate, they find, holy crap, there are other Avengers who are from the Silver Age of Marvel and are claiming to have been held captive, and that the Avengers that we've come to know and love are spies. And so there's a big old dust-up between the two sides of Avengers, Hawkeye is very briefly, still, while still in the Ronin persona, very briefly reunited with his lost love Mockingbird, which shakes things up for his uh, short-lived romance with Echo. Unfortunately, Mockingbird is revealed to be a Skrull, and Clint goes apeshit, saying he's gonna kill every last Skrull. And the event rolls on all the way up until the big final battle against Skrull Queen Varonki, who was disguised as Spider-Woman. They do have a little bit of a tussle while uh, everyone is running around in the Savage Land where she fights Spider-Woman but is defeated. Soon after, it's revealed that Spider-Woman was Varonki the whole time. She ends up helping in the effort to defeat the Skrulls. However, Following the aftermath of this gigantic battle, the shakeup, the lies, the secrecy, the uh, paranoia, she ends up leaving the team. She travels the country seeking purpose, looking for what to do next, and winds up in my neck of the woods, Los Angeles, California. This is when she runs into Moon Knight, who's going through some shit. I mean, when is he not, I guess? Uh, And she is killed once again, this time by Count Nefaria. She is mysteriously resurrected. We still don't know truly what happened there, which I think is fascinating, but she ends up helping Daredevil defeat Claw in New York, the two of them seeing each other for the first time in a very long time. Following this, the Phoenix Force returns to Earth and stages a contest for its next host, wrapping in Earth's Mightiest Heroes as well as some reserve members and members of the X-Men to see who will wield the Cosmic Firebird's power. Uh, She's defeated by Namor in the first round of this Phoenix tournament, But, very specifically, she is not killed by Namor. She's left for dead at the bottom of the ocean, and she is, through her sheer force of will, her determination, chosen for her qualities by the Phoenix to be its new host. Which kind of, I guess, defeats the purpose of the tournament in the first place, but she uses the new Phoenix ability to defeat Namor and decides to no longer go by Echo, nor by the Phoenix, she becomes Thunderbird. Which I think is a cool callback to the original Thunderbird, while also making this period of Echo being the host of the Phoenix unique, in that she doesn't take on that codename. She, following this, is studied by the Avengers as she's brought to Avengers Mountain. This is during the period where the Avengers are operating out of a dead celestial that is buried in a mountain in the Arctic. She's brought onto the team and is only there for a cup of coffee before the Heroes Reborn event happens. Not the one in the 90s. That was before her time. Uh, This Heroes Reborn event is where Phil Coulson decided to remake the Marvel Universe, where the Squadron Supreme are the heroes, and the Avengers either were never uh, put together or they are outright villains. 
She is locked away in Ravencroft because she is one of the few people who remembers the original reality until she's found by Blade and Captain America, who Blade was one of the other people who remembered and was able to rescue Cap, and the three of them headed up a rebellion, uh, recruiting Thor, Black Panther, and Starbrand, the main Avengers of this period, and all together were able to defeat the Squadron Supreme and restore their normal reality. She decides following this to rejoin the Avengers officially, and it's just in time because the Avengers are pretty quickly attacked by the multiversal masters of evil. Don't worry about it. They are uh, ridiculous. Fun, but ridiculous. And she is present for the battle against the Council of Red, a bunch of different multiversal Red Skulls, and during this point meets the Avengers of 1 million BC, including the original Phoenix Force uh, host. She's summoned by Avenger Prime to the God Quarry for the big final conclusion to Jason Aaron's um, Avengers run. Uh, this is where the Avengers from all different periods, a multiverse of Avengers, are trying to push against the ultimate evil, the ultimate darkness, all of that ultimate, ultimate stuff, but not that ultimate stuff. Uh, during this gigantic battle, she uses up all of her Phoenix Force abilities in a last stand to defend the multiverse, and though the Avengers are ultimately successful, she, having lost all of her Phoenix abilities, leaves the Avengers to once again travel the country. Which brings us to right now! Where she is. I told you. It's a pretty recent character, so it's not, you know, a lot of history. But that gives you kind of the basics of what she has uh, has done up to this point. And that brings you to the most recent series that she has appeared in. And more on that in a second. Uh, Maya Lopez has a pretty short but pretty exciting history. She's traveled all over the country, all over the globe. Has been an Avenger, has been a Phoenix Force host and now she finds herself at a crossroads on what to do next but that wraps up her history if you want to learn more if you want to find out the stories in which all of these crazy happenstance happenings happened let's dive into some recommended reading the first one, of course, is Echo the Saga of Maya Lopez this took place in Daredevil uh, issues 9 through 15, as well as 51 through 55. 9 through 15 encompass her first appearance in the, I mean, in Marvel, but also in the Daredevil books, while 51 through 55 is more of a Echo-focused story. Uh, it's written by David Mack with art by Joe Quesada, Rob Haynes, David Ross, and also art by David Mack. Uh, this is her origin. It also uh, dives into the vision quest that we spoke of, where she is seeking purpose and decides to become a theater nerd, which I love. Uh, this is a great primer and is really everything you need to know for the basics of the character. I'd also recommend a weird uh, offshoot, a weird choice here, but Moon Knight by Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Malev. Uh, this is Moon Knight, the 2011 series, issues 1 through 12, obviously written by Bendis with art by Malev. Uh, this is all of her escapades in Los Angeles, running into Moon Knight, getting killed, coming back, getting killed, coming back. Uh, also, it's just fun seeing her deal with Moon Knight. Uh, this is during the period where Moon Knight has like the three... 
personas of Spider-Man, Wolverine, and Captain America, and he's just... It's an interesting story. Um, it's not my favorite Echo story, but she does appear in it, and it does, you know, do a lot for showing her as a character outside of New York, which I always think is fun. So this is definitely one that you should check out. I'd also recommend Avengers Enter the Phoenix. This took place in the 2018 Avengers series, issues 39 through 44, written by Jason Aaron with art by Javier Garon, Dale Kion, as well as Luca Maresca. And this is the big Phoenix tournament where everyone is summoned. They have the battle. She is uh, put down by Namor, but comes back to give him a big old shoryuken and becomes the new host of the Phoenix, which leads very nicely into the next pick, which is Phoenix Song. Echo. This is Phoenix Song Echo issues one through five, little limited series, uh, written by Rebecca Rowanhorse with art by Luca Maresca, and this is Maya's first trials as Thunderbird. This is her initial um, escapades as the new host of the Phoenix, and it's a pretty interesting story. I always like when characters who aren't involved with the X-Men have to deal with X-Men bullshit, because everyone, no matter who they are, how long they've been at this, is always like, what the fuck is going on here? And I really appreciate that about this story. The next one, and the last comic recommendation, is Daredevil and Echo, which is the most recent series that she has appeared in. It's a little four-issue limited series written by Taboo of... I just think this is amazing. Taboo of Black Eyed Peas fame, as well as B. Earl, with art by Phil Noto. Anytime Phil Noto gets to draw Daredevil and his adjacent characters, I love it. Um, this series reunites Echo with Daredevil post her Phoenix Force abilities, so this is after she leaves the Avengers and gives up all of her Phoenix abilities to protect the universe, or the multiverse rather, and it sets up where she's going to go next with her new status quo. So if nothing else, if you want to just dive into what she's doing right now, that is the book to do so. My final my final honorable mention isn't a comic recommendation, it's a pair of TV shows. Because as we know, Echo's coming out pretty soon, and Maya Lopez has now made herself a mainstay, at least in the Disney Plus corner of the MCU. And to that, I would recommend Hawkeye. I talked about it at the top. Hawkeye is a wonderful show, and people who were mean to it before are just mean. And they should not be mean. And that's, it's, it's, it's sad when people are mean for no reason. But I really adore Hawkeye, and Maya was a standout there, and there's a reason why she's getting a spinoff. Um, go check the show out, it's wonderful. And as my final honorable mention, Echo! Of course! It drops next Tuesday, as of this recording, on the 9th of January, 2024. Like I said at the top, uh, it's looking to be Marvel's first foray into mature content. There is going to be violence, there will be blood, and there will be appearances by Daredevil and uh, Daredevil-adjacent characters. So I'm really excited about this show. I'm really excited for Maya to continue to get a big push in you know, mainstream comic book media, and I just can't wait to see where Echo goes next. Um, it's going to be a wonderful show. I'm really excited. If you're interested, uh, let me know, and I will do a review when the show drops. But for now, Echo is on the upswing when it comes to her comics, when it comes to her uh, adapted media 
Truly, the saga of Echo has been brief, but it's been chock full of incredible events, and Maya Lopez's story is just getting started. And that is going to wrap up the first special of the month. In lieu of doing a full comics countdown, I'm just going to give you a couple comics that I think you should check out this week. Fall of the House of X number one kicks off the Fall of X event. Birds of Prey number five is dropping. And according to a uh, pretty solid source, that being Comic Book Couples Counseling, go check out their episode last week where we covered Firepower. Uh, this is one of the biggest and best comics that DC is putting out right now. I would have to agree. Uh, also, Doctor Strange number 11 and Shazam number 7 are both comics that are some of my favorites coming out of last year. So go check those out. If this is the first time you are checking out the Geek Explain podcast and you like what I do here, feel free to subscribe to us on the podcasting platform of your choice. Give us a rating and review. I would love to hear from you. If you give me a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever you want to call it, I will read your review here on the podcast. I'd love to hear from you especially if you've been listening for a long time or if this is your first time joining us and you want to let me know how I'm doing, give me a review. I would love, love to hear from you. You'd be able to join the likes of our Terrific 21 as well. Uh, I want to say a huge thank you to those folks for their reviews. Can't wait to hear yours. And that is going to do it for this week. Uh, feel free to follow us at Pod. That's at Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And next week, we're going to keep rolling on, switching over from Marvel over to DC as we now go four in a row for Task Force X in the lead up to Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League. We are starting things off with the greatest marksman in the DC universe, that being Floyd Lawton himself, Deadshot. Join me for that next week. Same geek time, same geek channel. But for now, for the Geek Explained podcast, I've been Eric Azana. Thank you so much for listening. I hope everyone had a wonderful new year. Everyone stay safe, and we will see you next time. 